you're listening to the SSPX podcast. We're happy to present another installment of True Heroes, stories of the lives of the saints delivered by Father Thomas Tam. Father has also put together a video of each of these episodes. You can see the video at sspxpodcast.com. Now, here's Father Tam. Trials are nothing else but the forge that purifies the soul of all its imperfections. Hello, my friends, and welcome to True Heroes. Today, we are going to look at the life of St. Mary Magdalene of Posse, a Carmelite whose life was one of constant suffering and union with God. Let us begin her story. Catherine, which was her name before she took the name Mary Magdalene, was born into a noble family in Florence in 1566. The normal course would have been for her to have married into wealth and enjoyed comfort, but she chose to follow her own path. At nine years old, she learned to meditate from the family confessor. She made her first communion at the then early age of 10 and made a vow of virginity one month later. At 12 years old, she experienced her first ecstasy while looking at a sunset which left her trembling and speechless. This will be a common theme. She seemed to live in ecstasies for her entire 41 years. With this foundation in prayer and in mystical experience, it isn't surprising that she wanted to enter a contemplative monastery of the Carmelite order. She chose the monastery of St. Mary's of the Angels because the nuns took daily communion, which was unusual at that time. She was only 16 years old. In 1583, she had her second mystical experience when the other nuns saw her weeping before the crucifix as she said, quote, O love, you are neither known nor loved, unquote. A month after being refused early religious profession, she fell deathly ill. Fearing for her life, the convent had her professed from a stretcher at the altar. After that, she experienced 40 days of ecstasies that coexisted with her suffering. Joy from the graces God gave were mixed with agony as her illness grew worse. In one of her experiences, Jesus took her heart and hid it in his own, telling her he, quote, would not return it until it is wholly pure and filled with pure love." She didn't recover from her illness until told to ask for the intercession of Blessed Mary Bagnesi over three months later. At the end of her 40 days of graces, Jesus offered her a crown of flowers or a crown of thorns. No matter how often she chose the crown of thorns, Jesus kept pushing the crown of flowers to her. When he accused her, quote, I called and you didn't care, unquote, she answered back, quote, you didn't call loudly enough, unquote. I do not encourage any of you to speak to our Lord this way or to any saints or Our Lady. These are special conversations for special saints. Saint Therese, I can't remember if it was Saint Therese of Lisieux or Saint Teresa of Avila had conversations like this with our Lord as well. There was a story of one of those two saints fell off her horse and broke her ankle. 
and she was frustrated by this and our Lord told her that this is what I do to my friends. Obviously referring to the fact that the friends, the close friends he has are allowed to suffer so they can draw closer to him. And the saint responded, that's why Lord, you have so few friends. So only special saints can speak to our Lord this way. I do not encourage any of you to do so. She learned to regret the insistence on the crown of thorns. We might think it is easy to be holy if God is talking to you every day, but few of us could remain on the path with the five-year trial that followed her first ecstasies. Before this trial, Jesus told her, quote, I will take away not the grace, but the feeling of grace. Though I will seem to leave you, I will be closer to you, unquote. This was easy for her to accept in the midst of ecstasy, but as she said later, she hadn't experienced it yet. At the age of 19, she started five years of dryness and desolation in which she was repelled by prayer and tempted by everything. She referred to her heart as a pitch dark room with only a feeble light shining that only made the darkness deeper. All she could do to fight back was to hold on to prayer penance, and serving others, even when it appeared to do no good. Her lifelong devotion to Pentecost can be easily understood because her trial ended in ecstasy in 1590. At this time, she could have asked for any gifts, but she wanted two in particular, to look on any neighbor as good and holy without judgment, and to always have God's presence before her. So at this point, she was released from these five years of trials, five years of suffering, and again, permitted to feel that presence of God and the ecstasies she was having before. And this occurred on the day of Pentecost. Far from enjoying the attention her mystical experiences brought her, she was embarrassed by it. For all her days, she wanted a hidden life and tried everything she could to achieve it. When God commanded her to go barefoot as part of her penance, and she could not walk with shoes, she simply cut the soles of her shoes so no one would see her as different from the other nuns. If she felt an ecstasy coming on, she would hurry to finish her work and go back to her room. She learned to see the notoriety as part of God's will. When teaching a novice to accept God's will, she told her, quote, I wanted a hidden life, but see... God wanted something quite different for me, unquote. Some still might think it was easy for her to be holy with all the help from God. Yet when she was asked once why she was weeping before the cross, she answered that she had to force herself to do something right that she didn't want to do. It's true that when a sister criticized her for acting so different, she thanked her, quote, May God reward you. You have never spoken truer words, unquote but she told others it hurt her quite a bit to be nice to someone who insulted her. Mary Magdalene was no pale, shrinking flower. Her wisdom and love led to her appointment to many important positions at the convent, including mistress of novices. She did not hesitate to be blunt in guiding the women under her care when their spiritual life was at stake. When one of the novices asked permission to pretend to be impatient so the other novices would not respect her so much, 
Mary Magdalene's answer shook this novice out of this false humility. Quote, Why do you want to pretend to be what you already are in the eyes of the novices? They don't respect you nearly as much as you like to think. Unquote. She read the thoughts of others and predicted future events. During her lifetime, Mary Magdalene appeared to several persons in distant places and cured a number of sick people. Mary Magdalene's life offers a great challenge to all those who think that the best penance comes from fasting and physical discomfort. Though she fasted and wore old clothes, she chose the most difficult penance of all by pretending to like the things she didn't like. Not only is this a penance most of us would shrink from, but by her acting like she enjoyed it, no one knew she was doing this great penance. In 1604, headaches and paralyzation confined her to bed. Her nerves were so sensitive that she could not be touched without agonizing pain. Ever humble, she took the fact that her prayers were not granted as a sure sign that God's will was being done. For three years, she suffered in this way before dying on May 25, 1607, at the age of 41. She was canonized in 1669. From the life of St. Mary Magdalene of Posse, let us learn to suffer with joy, knowing that by doing so, we will draw closer to God. We may not have the same mystical experiences as she did, but let us remember that not every hero is one who is noticed, and sometimes the greatest heroes are those who reside hidden in silence. Tomorrow is the feast of St. Felix I, a pope of the early church, who, yes, as you guessed it, died a martyr. Until then, God bless you all, my friends. St. Mary Magdalene of Passy, pray for us.